Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Third hour, Sharp Money. I was going to, at some point, pull out my Patrick Maher impression. I'll have to save it. I feel like it's pretty good. I got like the. Uh, no, it was pretty good last time you did it. Wait, I want to hear this. Well, it's not even. Oh, no, I don't you think, were out. Yeah. Was, yeah he, the he, voice isn't like really great. It's just the, the mannerism of how he does it. I have to get into character. I can't do it. I used to do a really good Paul Howard. <laughs> And then I lost that one for Daniel a while. Daniel Day-Lewis over here. Yeah, that's right. He used to do a really good Paul Howard. The Paul Howard's my best one. Best one out there. Sorry, Sir sure. Anthony Hopkins. I don't know what they, I don't know who they, I don't know what that is though, by the way. Daniel, oh, because you don't watch movies. I, I know the name. I, I, here's the thing. Daniel I know the Day name Lewis. and I'm sure I've seen a movie with him. I just couldn't pick him out of a lineup. You know what I'm saying? That's fair, but. Played uh, Lincoln, you know, Abraham. Oh, okay. Founding, All right, yep, yep. Founding father. Right, How was yep. that movie, by the way? He's not a founding father. Uh, honestly. Say, yeah, he definitely <laughs> wasn't. On, on the 4th of July, you shouldn't make that mistake. <laughs> he's like a founding nephew. He's like yeah, the next yeah. generation. Yeah. Uh, no, that movie, honestly, I shut it off like in the first 20 minutes. I, I will tell you a top 10 all-time, top 20 movie for me with Daniel Day-Lewis is in the name of the father. It's a great movie. It's based on a true story. He's not the guy that was like, I abandoned my child. Is that guy guy? I don't know. Everyone says he's the greatest actor ever. I just know that he was in There, there Will Be Blood, and that's all I know. Okay. He he plays a role like every three years. Didn't he play like Getty or something in There Will Be Blood or whatever it was? Uh, yeah, uh, he retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something like that. I, I don't know. Honestly, I watched that whole movie in college. A girl came over. We were supposed to study. She brought that over as a movie. And... There will be blood, as you can imagine, is a bit of a gory movie. Oh, I thought you were saying Lincoln at first. No, 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 Lincoln. No. There will be blood. And I definitely tried to make out with her after the movie, and she denied me. And I, she was like, why would you think we were going to do that? I was like, who brings a movie to someone's house and doesn't make out? <laughs> I was like, did it get you in the mood? Come on now. Uh, all right. What would, so this is where, as somebody who's filling in, you know, I'm not familiar with all of the procedures. Uh, do you want to do this? Uh, what are we calling this? I have this in front of me. Don't tell me. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I lied. Three-point stance. There we go. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's not imperative that we get to all this. Oh, I thought we had like a three-point stance and like a thing. and like (laughs) We don't do it consistently enough for me to go through the work of doing that. If we did it, at some point we will, but now that we've called it out, John Goulet is going to be like, hey, you know, you should probably make that open. Isn't the work to do that is just sending an email, like saying, hey, we need something for this? No, I do very elaborate like like opens. They have to be very specific with certain clips. Uh, One thing that's popped up recently, I'll, I'll throw this to you guys. 
People are still complaining about the turf from the Super Bowl. Have you seen this? Oh, I what? saw that the NFL threw, threw the players under the bus the other day, right? What is right? this? So, first off, are you just unfamiliar with the narrative overall? Yeah. What? This is like the biggest talking point coming out of the Super Bowl was that the turf was terrible. The, and the Eagles are claiming that oh, they didn't oh, yeah, have it. The game in the yes. game. Remember yeah, the yeah, sod yeah, father? Yeah. It was like but his I, last big moment of like grass. And like he went out just, just petered out with a terrible field. Yeah. I, I mean, as soon as the game was over, I was over. Yeah, it's, right, like, it's yeah. On to the next. Yeah. So basically, according to Mike Florio, the owners have been asking the league why the Super Bowl playing surface was so slippery. And the NFL responded by saying that the Chiefs and Eagles didn't wear the right cleats for the game. Right. It's like, no, it's their fault. Where was the game played at again? I Arizona. That's right. Yeah. So remember, they grow that grass outside yeah. the stadium. And they, they roll bring, it in. Yeah. Nope. And then people have conspiracies that someone from, like, Kansas City was in charge of the grass. And it's a whole thing. But every player pretty much said it was awful. And we could see that they were all falling. But kind of a tough look by the league to say, you guys brought the wrong cleats to the game. Both teams. It's your fault. That's the story. That's oh, all okay. I wanted to bring uh, up. I saw, I did see that headline and I thought that was pretty good. I, I, I would say, I would argue it's very hard to fix a game with sod when both teams have to play on the same. That's grass. the thing. It's the, like, there's an easy way to fix a game. You yeah. just got to get an umpire. That's it. Well, yeah, not like meticulously fix the grass so that it's terrible. And then tell the team wear extra long spikes. It's going to get you. And then, by the way, they were down in that game like throughout the entire thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> and to, irrelevant. And had to come back. All right. I want to ask you, you threw in a name. I completely mm-hmm. agree. Um, for rookie of the year, too. I know you have an MVP thing in the NFL. Can I just say, I'm glad I found somebody who's with me here because I feel like every time I bring this up, I'm looked at like I have three heads. I, like, I think the Carolina Panthers can win that division, and I think Bryce Young's going to be pretty good. I don't think it's crazy to look at him as like rookie of the year. I think they have a really good opportunity in a really weak division. I'm glad we're on the same page here with this. Well, so Dustin and I were talking about this yesterday. A couple of factors here. I think Bryce Young, if he were 6'3", 6'4", he's easily the first. He was the first pick, obviously. But, I mean, it's a slam dunk like a Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck type of situation. He is incredibly accurate. But the one concern that we both have is, can he withstand the hits? Right. Can he, if he can do that, I think JVT, there's going to be no problem with his accuracy. He may not make some of the spectacular throws down the field that C.J. Stroud potentially can make, but I think he's got an opportunity to have a great year. He's 150-1 to one right now to win the MVP. I'm not saying to bet him to win the MVP. But when you look in the uh, uh, NFC South, I think the Saints rightfully should be the favorite. I think Carolina should be the second team. I don't like Atlanta as much as everybody else does because I don't think Desmond Ritter is an NFL starting quarterback. Mm. I think he's a guy who's going to be holding a clipboard the majority of his career. So for me right now, I think that's where you look at this Carolina team. They're dangerous. And then another name I want to throw out there, though, in terms of the MVP, JVT, I'm going to go to the AFC. And this is not one that's a popular pick, just partially because of personality and disposition off the field. But Deshaun Watson is a guy who's never had more than 12 interceptions in a season. He's got the capability of keeping any play alive as long as anyone. They've got arguably, I don't know, 1A, 1B in terms of running back in the National sure. Football yep. League and Nick Chubb. Batonio, Conklin, uh, Teller on that offensive line, very good offensive line. I've always liked Amari uh, Cooper. I think he's a really good receiver. You bring in Marquise Goodwin from, uh, what was he, 49ers last, I think? I don't even remember where he was last year. But the point is they've got some guys, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Let's see how he emerges. This team is pretty dangerous, and I think Deshaun Watson's being completely overlooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good moves with the Seahawks last year, by oh, the way. Sorry, yeah. uh, same division. I, so I actually would agree. I, so I've called like the term I've used for the Browns is they are the potential fly in the ointment in the AFC. Yeah, because like if you get if somehow twenty twenty like Deshaun Watson quarterback wise shows up, well all of a sudden you're looking at a team that's like 
he's got a lot of talent on both ends of the like both ends. And you're looking around and going, well, that's a team that can compete. Like I know it's a tough division, but high end quarterback play equalizes almost everything. You and that team's going to be one of the best ones out there if he's old Deshaun Watson. There's no question about it. You bring up a great point. They add Zadarius Smith on the defensive line with right. Miles Garrett, who's one of the best edge rushers, uh, edge rushers in the National Football League. I like their secondary with Ward and with Newsom uh, back there. This is a solid team. And then I think they're three and one or four and zero oh against Cincinnati the last two years. I mean, they seem to have the Bengals number. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility this team can get it done. I just don't understand why the Browns are considered an afterthought. Everybody a year and a half ago was trying to get Deshaun Watson like he was the second coming. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, ah, forget about it. You have the best running back or arguably the best running back in football. But now nobody wants to discuss them. I think we, like the collective we, we have this tendency. Obviously, we know about it, right? We remember what we saw last. And so, of course, it's, oh, well, Deshaun Watson, when we saw him uh, with Cleveland in those last few games, he looked terrible. Like, it didn't really look great. But I would argue starting like after the layoff and playing in some of these games that he had to, especially some of those games back in Cleveland, which were terrible in terms of weather and playing in the area at the end of the year, it's not the best way to get back into things. Right. And so I think we look at things like I, I've said, I've made the same argument with Mac Jones. We have two years of Mac Jones. One's perfectly adequate quarterback in a normal yeah. offense. One's not good quarterback in a terrible offense. But for some reason we look at Mac Jones and goes, no, 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 the second year is actually the real Mac Jones. Like, well, no, why? let's look at the whole picture. And it's the same thing with Deshaun Watson. Why would we take the, what was it? Six games that he played last year as the sample size of not, not going to work in Cleveland. We have a larger sample size that says he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, and also he didn't get to work with his teammates. He was suspended. Like they weren't able to develop chemistry. I mean, this is year two in the system too. He's not spending this off season, having to learn things for the first time. Now he's just becoming an expert at this offense. Mm -hmm. I, I just think if anybody looks at the Browns on their schedule, nobody sits there and goes, well, that's a guaranteed win. I mean, this is a team that can beat you. You've got a quarterback. The argument was two years ago, coming. now this would be the third year, he was a top 10 quarterback. I don't think too many people would have argued that. You look at his numbers, to your point, JVT, I mean, this guy over the previous few seasons, you go back to 18, 19, 20, I mean, three consecutive years, 26, 26, and 33 on touchdowns, 9, 12, and 17 in terms of INTs. Okay, granted, he had a bad six-game stretch there last year, but overall, this Browns team is very capable. Yeah, I would agree, especially that 2020 year, 92.5 PFF grade, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. The guy was the guy was unreal uh, in that last year in Houston overall. Uh, also, really quickly, another AFC North quarterback for you, MVP? Yeah, Joe Burrow, 8-1. to one. I know that's not much of a surprise for many people, but I don't know if anybody in football, including Mahomes, throws a prettier or more accurate football than Joe Burrow. And he is tremendous. I think this team now in his fourth year, Jamar Chase's third year, everything is there. The pieces are in place. The offensive line has gotten better. If they can keep him up, which I expect them to be able to do, they get the kid who he played at Oklahoma was with the Chiefs last year. Um, is that is that Brown? Who are you talking about? Uh, the again? offensive line, uh, left tackle now. Orlando, he was with Brown. Orlando, Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown, yeah, Brown, yeah. Uh, the it's, by the way, Dustin, get used to it. I will know where they went to college. I can't remember their name to save his my father, life. His father was Zeus. a legend as well. Yeah, Zeus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he got hit by the flag by Jeff Triplett. Um, but, you know, to me, you improve this offensive line. Joe Burrow's got the second quickest release in terms of time from snap to releasing the football in the National Football League. That will help this team a lot, JVT. Look, I know everybody likes them. Vsin, 75% of the people, I think, in the uh, football guide picked them to win the Super Bowl. 
if you're going to bet the Bengals, you have to take a look at Burrow for league MVP at eight to one. Yeah, I, I, I think there's there's correlated, right? They're correlation. Yeah. If you think that they're going to win the Super Bowl, there's a very good probability that Burrow's going to win that thing. Do, do you look at like the NFL guide where I, I pointed this out when I was hosting over the weekend? Like before I got to VEASAN, I was an okay NFL better. I was a really good college football better. But since I got here, I've gotten better at NFL because I think everyone here is really sharp at at, at the NFL. But when overwhelmingly everyone is on the Bengals, I get really nervous because I was also going to be on the Bengals. Right. And so now I'm like trying to talk myself into, well, maybe the Bills post hype, like the hype's off them, the pressure's off them. Maybe the Bills finally step up. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I also think it's just kind of hard, man. Like we're talking about an inherently small sample size sport. You get yeah. what, nine, 10 possessions in a single game. And like, you've got to make the most of them or else things are going to go awry. And I think that's why you see a lot of randomness at times in the sport as well. It's, it's hard to be the best team from start to finish. It's why what Mahomes and the chiefs have done have been incredible. I think it's a great point. You bring up the limited number of possessions. The other thing I would argue is in the NFL teams, five through 28, they're about two players away from being the same team. Oh, dude. It's one through four and then 29 it's, to 32 that are separated. It's the AFC this year. I yeah. mean, outside of the top three that we'll consider, I mean, it's uh, throw them all in a hat and pull them out. And yep. I think you're just you're, you're talking about all the same team pretty much from a power rating standpoint. All right, we have plenty left to get to here uh, in the last 45 or so of Sharp Money. Stay with us. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, 
the Sports Betting Network. So I had, I did have a topic. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this because I don't want us to get in trouble. But it ties into the National Football League. I did not realize until just days ago how bleeping famous Taylor Swift is. Until I saw some of these images from these stadiums. Oh. Do you see the graph that's out there? No. So it's it's a graph of the NFL stadium she's performed in, the attendance for her concerts in comparison with their averages attendance during games. I think there were four teams. Allegiant was one of them out here in Vegas that she just blew them out of the water Are in terms of attendance. Are you concert guy? It's got to be the right thing. Like, I, I, I don't not like music. I just don't keep up with it Same. enough to be like, I want to go to this concert. And I, I know, like, every artist, like, top two or three songs, yeah. and that's it. Like, and I don't want to go to – I don't want to sit through a two-hour show and only be able to sing along with three songs. Right. They, so, I'm not a huge but concert here's guy. here's what I'd say. I think with Taylor Swift, we know more of her songs than we think. Yeah. So, that was part of my discovery as well. I, we rattled through like 20, 25 songs, and I'm know. like, yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, that's a good song. Holy crap. Yeah, that's a good song. She's, she's got an incredible catalog. She's got a ton of great songs. I was just reading about her concerts. They generate, on average, about $13 million in revenue. Yes. I heard the tickets for this thing were insanely oh, expensive. Oh, oh, though. They shut down, like, Ticketmaster. Yep. Like, there was big controversy because people were gouging for, like, I think, like, 10, 20 grand a seat. Yep. Oh, it was crazy. Now, here's what I would say. I've seen the videos of people getting emotional watching them and the proposals and people like outside the stadium, just standing there singing along because they couldn't get a ticket to go in. It does look like the best time ever. And I kind of want to go. But even to your point about concerts, like some of the pictures I see, it's like this lady takes a picture, right? And she's, I think it was like the Bengals stadium. And she's like up in the three hundreds. Swift is like the opposite end zone. (laughs) And she's like, this is the greatest experience ever. I'm like, what? What's the point? Just watch it at home. You can't see anything. I agree with you completely. I had a similar conversation about this with a friend of mine regarding sports. And I'm with JVT. There's no reason to go to a concert if you're sitting somewhere where you need binoculars or you're watching the screen the entire time. But I guess people like to say they were there or what have you. I have no idea. But the one thing I don't get is buying the merchandise. Like, I can remember having gone to, like, a Janet Jackson concert and people spending, like, $35 on a T-shirt. I'm like, dude, what is well, wrong with you people? By the way, that T-shirt's, like, $70. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm also, I, know, I know. This is, like, 20, this is like 30 years ago. I'm also – I'm kind of a sucker because I did buy a Giants hat when we went there to the game the you other day. No, how much went, was the hat? I, 25 to 30 35 uh, Yeah, that's not – no, that's how much a hat costs, though. It wasn't getting it. I feel like they're like 20, no, 25. No, no, they're like 30, 35. Okay. And you're going to pay for shipping usually for the hat you yeah, want. I, I got it fitted. Yeah, the store size has, eight. Yeah. Size eight. Size eight? Yeah. Start juicing. You juice. got a bigger head than I do. Yeah, size eight, baby. Whoa. Start, start juicing. It'll be 10 pretty soon. <laughs> That's right. I got a Bruce Bochy Lock head. Lock a base over. <laughs> yeah, <there>. dude. It's <laughs> massive. But on the Taylor Swift thing, I'm and going to concerts, I would always rather be the poorest guy paying for the rich people seats. Correct. Than be the rich person or the whatever person in the poor seats. Yep. Like it just doesn't make sense to go to the event and not do it all the way up. Yeah. So they, for the sorry to, no, this, for the baseball games that we've gone to, every time it's like, hey, I want to be like like inside each either baseline. I want to be up close, like or like we did with the Giants, like right behind. Even one lady we told, like, so we were sitting behind home plate. And she looks at her ticket. She's like, oh, yeah, you go through this special door. And by the way, you have access. I'm like, what did I buy? Oh, like, this is incredible. I, this is I've great. done that where, like, I bought the better seat somewhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, by the way, you get free food and drinks in yeah. that section back there. I was like, what? Well, we're going <laughs> to sacrifice this lamb for you. Like, this is great. Like, all right, cool. I, I almost got arrested 
for nice. selling. I actually got detained at Mandalay Bay. I had tickets to Maroon 5. So uh, this is like 2015. It's a good concert. <laughs> was that, uh, what, what's the She Will Be Loved album? That's when they were at their I, peak. I have yeah. no idea. So uh, my girlfriend at the time wanted to go to the concert, and then she couldn't go. So it's like, she, I go, can you make it or not? She's like, no. She goes, it's going to be too late. So I said, okay, I'm going to go try and unload the tickets. So I go to Mandalay Bay. They were 175 each on the face. And so I'm trying to sell them, and an undercover cop stops me. Oh, Luckily, boy. I wasn't selling them over face. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? He's like, well, we're checking to see if people are selling fake tickets. I'm like, dude, I don't want to be stuck with $350 worth of tickets to watch Adam Levine stand up there and sing when you could have played this on an album at home for shirtless. a lot cheaper. Probably like, at least with Taylor Swift and, like, Justin Timberlake, Michael Jackson, all these people, Janet Jackson, Madonna, they put on a full show. Like, Maroon 5 is just standing there singing. Why would you ever go see them in concert? Songs about Jane, by the I, way. I think I would pay, though, for bad seats. That was seats. her name? No, Songs About Jane was the album that <laughs> oh. I was referring to, yeah. Uh, I would pay bad seats, though, to say I saw Shohei Otani pitch, though. I think I, I think you have to at this point. Oh, what, I did. Why? You sing this upper it, tank? Oh, it was great. No, it was great, though. It was, we were at the 200 level. We were behind home plate again, but it was like 200 level. Got the bucket nachos, watched him. He actually, it was a Dodgers freeway series, too, so it was great. Uh, he actually made the game-winning play at the plate. They ended up winning like 5-4 or something. It was great. Because sometimes you, you go just because, like, you know you're going to die one day and you want to be able to, like, tell, like, people that you saw greatness. Like, I yep. I went to Angels games to see Mike Trout play when they were in D.C. You think I wanted to watch the Angels versus the Nationals, two completely nondescript organizations? I To me, there's not – the only thing I would probably attend I, – I, I've been fortunate. I've been able to attend everything I wanted to attend except the uh, uh, Australian Open. But other than that, to me, I just – like between the crowd and everything, the viewing experience on television is so good that I'm amazed that people actually go to games What anymore. about the Masters? Would you rather go to the Masters or the I, moon? I'd rather the go moon. to the moon. I get invited. Really? The Masters, you gotta walk around. You like who you follow. What do you like? Who? I've never understood golf actually at all yeah. in terms of a live sporting <laughs> event. Like, who do terrible. you follow? Do yeah. you stay at one hole? No, that, so do that's you, like, confusing. But I just think it's a boozy, like a bougie, boozy, be seen event where you're just pounding beers so the whole time. Dave Ross and I were doing the show together. When a friend of mine got selected, he got four tickets to the last this August. I'm sorry, 2023 Masters. And he goes, "Listen, I know you're not going to go, but he goes, I'm just going to ask you anyway." And Dave's like, how could you not go? I said, first of all, it's not a religious revival for me. It's not that important. And second, at JVT's point, golf is the best sport on TV. Yep. We go from oh, JVT's on putting on nine. Dustin's on 11 here for birdie. You just go from hole to hole. What do you do? You sit there. Wow, that was a great tee shot. I can't see the ball. But let me see if I can it's watch the crowd. It's supposed to be beautiful, though. Of you course like it is. Scenery? But, like, those weirdos that, like, run to the sixth and, like, set up their <laughs> chairs and just wait. Like, what's the point? It's <laughs> fair. That's fair. I just, like, the moon. We Look, can, if you went to the moon, though, you would be the first person like, ever. The go. only golf experience that I've ever had that was good live was when MJ used to do his uh, golf celebrity here. invitationals Ooh. out here. And so covering it for local, like, that was cool because you just camp out at one hole and you see everybody. Like, see MJ, you see Dr. J, you see all these guys who come through, they interact with the crowd, they do all that stuff. And it was at, is it Shadow Ridge, the, uh, yeah, the park, Ridge, the golf yep. course out there? So it's an awesome golf course. That's cool. But that's like... I don't want. I don't care who wins that. You're just there to interact with the celebrity of whoever's going to show up. But like to your point, like okay, like I'm following this guy. Oh crap! Clapping over there. Let me check my phone. What's <laughs> happening? Like that's it's just not something I would. So get. then, what's the bucket list of sports things that you have to see? Like events you have to go to. For, like I would love to go to a Daytona 500. I've never been. That I, seems fun. I, but again, it's another situation. You can't see the whole track. Honestly, it's there's nothing really. Yeah. I'll say this. I have told my wife. 
that if the Angels make the playoffs this year, I'm going. So that's different. So that, I went yeah, to the right, exactly. In 2015, my buddy was the he's still the single A announcer for the Mets. As a Mets employee, they flew him up and gave him two free tickets. He said, "Look, I know you're the biggest Mets fan I know. I have a free hotel room and a free ticket for you for every game you want to go to." Drove up from Washington D.C. for the NLDS and for the World Series. They lost. We sat in right field. I literally couldn't see the center fielder from our seats. Yep. But I had to be there because it was the Mets in the World Series. Right. That's different. Yep. Look, so you've been very fortunate having been in sports for a long time, got access to free tickets and be able to attend things for free. And I still don't go. And I still wouldn't. I would never pay. Like, I look at two of my favorite words, which are opportunity cost. (laughs) <laughs> and to me, the things that you could do for the cost of a ticket for some of these things, mm-hmm. other things, I just I could never no, justify I it. And I, I'd mostly rather, 90% of the time, would rather stay in my apartment because you can't drown in a submarine if you never leave your apartment. Like, bad things don't happen generally in your apartment. It's very true. So I totally understand this. I just think there are certain instances, like a Taylor Swift concert, might need to experience before but, but again, I die. That's again, bringing it full circle, to, baby. But if you're going to Taylor Swift, don't you need to be somewhere in the lower bowl or yes. on the floor? Oh, no, I, will, like, I will go into debt. I will have credit cards like maxed out to go to this event. No, no, no. We can't allow you to do that. Well, we, we can't because they're already maxed out. I was going to say, my credit limit is not that high. <laughs> I try and they'd be like, come on, dude. <laughs> I just, I, you know, like when you look at the cost of tickets to attend a sporting event, like a football game in this town. The amount of money that people spend, I, I just can't well, see football, the justice. Football's the number one sporting event you should never go to because but, if you go to the early game, you're you miss out on all the other games, and then driving home, you miss out on the on the late games. Mm-hmm. If you go to a late game, you want to get there early enough to tailgate, so you're going to miss the early games, and then you're at one of the late games. So, quick question for you guys: Friend of mine grew up in Chicago, lives out here, had tickets to the World Series for the Cubs, had two games, went to one of them, sold the other one. And, and made a killing on it. So my question to you is, let's say the Mets or the Angels are playing in Game 7. It's at either Anaheim or at City Field. If you're going, but you had to buy a ticket, how much money would you be willing to spend on it? But then what happens if they lose that game? There's a 50% no, no, no. chance your team's going to lose. I only went because the tickets were free. Okay. Like, I'd you- go. Especially because Otani's going to be there. Forever. No, it, th- your, your best point of all is... What if I spent $1,000 and they lost? It's a 50% chance your team's going to lose. Well, but there's a 50% the, chance they win. But you can bet 1000 on the other team, too. That's there you fair. go. <laughs> That's a good point. Head. All right, speaking of Otani, let's uh, let's, <laughs> let's get to the, uh, the information on that with Jeff Fletcher is going to join us next. And what's going on with Mike Trout uh, covers the Angels. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the DraftKings app today. New customers can bet $5, get $150 of bonus instantly. Use promo code VSIN when you sign up. See DraftKings.com for sportsbook/slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, let's head out to the phone line. Welcome in. We've uh, talked about it quite a bit. Jeff Fletcher, SoCal News Group, OC Register, of course, uh, covers the Angels. Uh, Jeff Fletcher, OCR, up on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. Jeff, it's good to talk to you. So uh, let's start with the news of the day first off. Mike Trout, 10-day IL. Uh, What is the latest and what can you tell our audience about what's going on with Trout and how long he's going to be sidelined? Yeah, he's got a broken hamate, and uh, that generally requires the surgery. But after that, it's not that long of a rehab it's basically a pain tolerance thing so pretty much it's uh the best case scenario is like four weeks and then uh some other guys have been like in the six to eight week range a few guys longer than that but 
he definitely said he's coming back this year. I would say, you know, the over-under would be, you know, mid-August. Jeff, if you are the Angels, and you mentioned Trout being out till mid-August and things started to slide in the negative direction, do you look to move Shohei Otani, or do they stay put? Well, I mean, it depends how they they play the rest of the team, you know, because right now they're three games out of a playoff spot. And I think if you're within striking distance of a playoff spot with or without Mike Trout, you have to hold on to Shohei Otani and try to win, you know, even if you're not going to resign him. And I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they can't resign him. Uh, I think they need to try to win. They need to try to get in the playoffs. And uh, I think they really want to sign Otani next year. And keeping him is uh, a good step towards doing that. Uh, trading him away is not a good sign to like, hey, we really love you, but we're going to trade you away. So I think barring a, uh, a really bad losing streak between now and the deadline, um, I would expect they would hold on to him. By the way, Jeff does know a lot about uh, Shohei, wrote a book, author of Showtime, the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season ever played, uh, which you can check out. So uh, let, let me ask you this, because you say you want to try to win. Obviously, the, you know players are going to do that. Is, is there an extra step? Like, could the Angels be active at the trade deadline in acquiring pieces? Could that be something that they actually do to try to push this? Because they're also, Jeff, as you will know, like, it's not just Trout. This is a pretty beat-up team as it is right now. Are they going to be active in trying to get help to try to push this thing toward the postseason, or are they just going to kind of run this thing they've got their team and they're going to hope that that's enough to get there oh they're definitely going to try to to get help if they can i mean they they had a uh, three infielders get injured in basically a 36 hour period yep. uh in june and then they responded by trading for mike Moustakis and eduardo escobar now those are not you know huge difference maker marquee guys but it still showed how they're not just going to go oh you know what was us Let's see how our minor leaguers can do. They're, they're doing what they can to plug every hole as, soon, as best they can as soon as it pops up. So uh, they don't have a great farm system to, uh, to make a lot of hugely impactful trades, but I, I do think that uh, they're going to they're gonna take some risks because like you, we talked about, you know, they really need to win if they want to keep Otani. So even if it means depleting their farm system a little bit more, in order to try to do it this year, I think that uh, they're willing to do that. What, would that be parting with uh, Joe Adele? Well, I mean, Joe Adele is a tough guy to figure out because right. his value is really hard to, to, to determine right now. Uh, we're going to know a lot more about his value before the trading deadline because he's going to get to play because of Mike Trout's injury. So say Joe Adele is great over the next month and Mike Trout looks like he's coming back, you know, two weeks after the trading deadline, then maybe you can trade Joe Adele and get a nice haul for him. If Joe Adele is bad for the next month, then they really can't trade him and get anything for him. And then you're, it doesn't really matter. So uh, I can't really answer that question now, but I certainly would know a lot more about it in a few more weeks. Jeff, what does uh, Shohei like to cover? I know 90% of the questions you probably get somehow revolve around him to a certain extent, but in terms of the day-to-day, -day, I know he uses a translator, but just what you've been able to kind of gather and putting your book together as well as just covering the team on a regular basis. Well, just to watch him play is incredible. First of all, you really have to not take it for granted and remind yourself how just incredibly rare what he's doing is. And people say like the first guy since Babe Ruth, he's even beyond Babe Ruth. Uh, Babe Ruth did not even want to be a two-way player. He just sort of did it while the Red Sox were forcing him to continue pitching when he wanted to hit. 
And even then, it was only for two years. This is now three years, three and a half years, if you count his rookie year, that he's been a full-on two-way player, wanting to do it, excelling at both. And at a, you know, certainly a, a time when the, the competition is incredibly fierce in Major League Baseball with all the technology and players from all over the world, uh, you know, the, the level you have to play at to be a high-level Major League player is incredible. So that you have to, you know, it's incredible that he does that. And as for dealing with him, I mean, we don't talk to him a whole lot. We talk to him basically after he pitches. You don't get a huge amount of insight into, like, what really makes him tick. So you just have to sort of appreciate just watching him play, which is, is still pretty good. What's been, I think the craziest thing for me, Jeff, about him is he seems to be a guy that not only is he great, he improves, right? Like that, I think that's like the crazy part, especially when you look at the last three years from back to 21, where he was hitting 257 uh, with uh, about what, 46 home runs to now on pace to what he's doing with his power and hitting over 300. Like the guy is not only great, he gets better. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the most incredible things about him is this aptitude to adjust and to figure things out. And I mean, Really, the, the pitching thing was the biggest change he made from 2021 to 2022. He was so much better of a pitcher. He uh, walked fewer guys. He struck out more guys. He was more efficient with his pitches. He uh, was able to preserve his velocity better so he could have it for later in the game when he needed it. All these things were just like new things that he added. He, he added new pitches. He started throwing a two-seamer last year. just basically because Clay Holmes threw him one, and he thought that was really cool. So he started throwing one. Uh, he added a cutter in 2021. Um, this year, he's basically changed his slider around. He's changed his splitter to turn it into like two different pitches. He's just incredible how he he learned so quickly what isn't going right. And so whenever there were there were times like earlier this season, he was in a little bit of a slump as a pitcher, and uh, I was just not at all worried because he's going to figure it out. And what he did was he he started throwing his sweeper a lot less. He started uh, not throwing at the lefties as much, using his fastball more, using his splitter more. And now for the last month, he's been, you know, his normal level. So he's pretty good. So we opened up talking about Trout and the injury. Uh, overall, though, for people who have followed the season, we know uh, it is a, a very down year for Mike Trout by his own standards. Have you dug into what's happened with Trout at the plate and what's with the down numbers and what are the changes maybe that he's endured this season, why he's had to go through this in terms of his numbers being a little down? You know, it's really interesting because I was actually looking into a lot of numbers trying to look at, like, his peripherals and stuff like that to see what a, what was happening. And uh, it really was – there were some clear differences from, like, five years ago, Mike Trout. You know, he was swinging and missing a little more. Um, you know, he was having a little more trouble with fastballs. But there were almost no differences between last year's Mike Trout and this year. And last year he still had a great year. He had like a 990 OPS and 40 homers while missing five homers. So he was still, numbers-wise, he was still doing it last year, and there weren't many differences this year. And he really was just picking it up over the last two weeks. He mentioned in Kansas City in the middle of June that he he felt like a mechanical change with the way he was kind of shifting his weight was, was a key for him. And since then, between then and last night, he did like 340 with an 1,100 OPS. So it really is extra crushing for the Angels that he was just sort of figuring it out and turning back into Mike Trout, and now he's going to be out for, you know, a month or two. Jeff, when you look at the American League West right now, the Rangers are the three-game lead over Houston. Angels sitting at six back. Handicap the race for us right now as it stands here on July 4th. 
Well, I've been saying all along that I still think the Astros are the team to beat just because I think the Rangers have a lot of questions with the rotation and a lot of guys that get injured a lot. And, uh, you know, they were at the beginning of the year, they were hitting like three starting with runners in scoring position, which I don't think is a sustainable thing. But uh, they're so far into it that you can't dismiss them. So I think they're definitely going to make playoffs. And uh, the Astros also seem like a pretty strong playoff team. So probably those are the top two teams for the division. And the Angels are going to have to just really get some things to go their way and have a lot of their their other guys, you know, get healthy, first of all, and, and start producing uh, in order to, to squeeze into one of those last playoff spots. I think really the, the Angels, Yankees, and Blue Jays, I would say, are the teams fighting for that last wild card spot. And I would say the Orioles are probably going to get the top wild card spot and either the Astros or Rangers, the number two one. So uh, I think that's kind of where it stands right now. It's Jeff Fletcher, Angels beat writer, SoCal News Group, and author, author, of course, Showtime, the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season ever played. Jeff, uh, thank you very much. Appreciate the time. I'm an Angels fan, so I, I read a lot of your work. Don't ask too many negative questions uh, of the Angels as you move forward, all right? I'll see what I can do. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I bring that up because I don't know if you guys know this. They have like this policy where if you want to talk to coaches, you have to request. And if the questions are too negative, ah, sorry, we can't do this. Jesus. <laughs> it's a well-run. Oh, yeah. It's a real thing. Well-run organization. That was not like a fan. Don't ask mean questions. It's an organizational decision. All right. We'll come back. And uh, Dustin and Amal will eat their words because it sounds like to me Shohei Otani sticking around, baby. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.
is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. So it's football season here at VSIN, which is why we've just released our NFL betting guide. Our NFL betting guide is going to help you get ahead of the upcoming National Football League season. It's got in depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends. Love that word. Plus, best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber, low as 19 bucks. You're going to get your newly released NFL betting guide. Or if you take advantage of the summer kickoff special, this is the one. Get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $175. That is July through Feb- like through the the uh, through January. That's an incredible deal. Yeah. 175 bucks. Check it out now. Vsin.com slash subscribe. The big guy, Dustin Sweet. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Right? That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Yeah, I wasn't not expecting bad. it. That's why I was pretty good. You got some. What do we do? We close tabs. By the way, can I say? So I I when I was filling in the one of the I don't know, was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago? I realized what you guys meant by closing tabs. Uh, like I you never really the show. Yeah. Just, yeah. You, you open. And then, cause this came about because at the end of every show I'd go to shut things down. And I was like, I have so many tabs. I had opened for what various well, reasons. So, so that's what I meant actually. So I thought it was just a, like a bar reference, like closing the tab. Oh. It hit me one of these days that I was <laughs> filling in. I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. Like closing tabs. Yeah. You have so many open. Yeah, just it totally As the show goes, and like if you guys have tabs open, you want to just close out that we never got to, I mean, bring them up. So the first one I would say, JVT, is you brought up $19. I can't remember. And the reference to how much it used to be worth. It was a drug it, reference, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I just looked 100 <laughs> years ago. In, in, in 1923, do you know what $19 today, $19 in 1923, what that is in today's value? Oh, that's got to be like say, 500 bucks. I'm going to say uh, about $180. $337.92. Yep. Guess that was is, like, it was like the 10 cent. You'd flick a coin at him. Like, fill her up. <laughs> keep the change. Yeah, like that, that's insanity. Flick a coin at him. I've never lived in that world where you can flick a coin right. at someone. Then they catch it. They're like, thanks, mister. You got it. Like, it's, it's crazy. Oh, go home and drink some chocolate milk after right. that. Um, we mentioned Orlando Brown Sr. You did say his la- his uh, nickname was Zeus. That was correct. Played in the NFL 93-05. to The Browns, the Ravens. The Browns, the Ravens, were, you know, it was the same team, but yeah. different jerseys. <laughs> Very confusing. Uh, Joey Chestnut wondered if he'd lost his fastball. I think I've been corrected. Um, today, only ate 60 something, 61 hot dogs. In 2022, he only ate 63 as well. Okay. But in 21, he ate 76. In 2020, he ate 75. 19, he ate 71. 18, 74. So, again, and- and remember really quickly, because this is now I'm going to fight back on this 100% now. Remember last year, he was accosted while he was yes. eating hot dogs. Yes, there was an issue. So you cannot use these. Think of the last two years where he's been down and people want to make the accusation that he's not, that he's on a downward spiral. He was physically assaulted last year. And this year he had to endure a weather delay and save the sport by bringing them back out there to do it. Here's my question. Do you think people are hesitant to take up the hot dog eating of the challenges because they know that's his event and he's so good at it, they're scared to challenge the king? Oh, I think there's actually – there might be that. Uh, So I was also privy, I bet, uh, like a couple months back, I bet my first F1 race. And it was brought to my attention that there's times, especially where teammates, if they're dueling for one-two, the more popular teammate will be given an edge – and so they'll like allow him to win essentially, or the other teammate won't be given proper information so that the guy can win. I think it's, it was Verstappen who won the, the Miami Grand Prix, was it? Um, anyway, is there a shot 
that some of these higher-ups in MLE, Major League Eating, are like, hey, you know what? Pump the brakes on trying you, to get better. He's, chick- our, he's yeah. our golden goose. You should make chicken nuggets your thing. We got a hot dog guy. Right, exactly. I, like, I, I, think, I think that there are people who could compete with him who don't. Because yeah. for the sake of the sport, they need him to be showcased on July 4th every year. I mean, year. like you said, too. I mean, he was, he was like, like pushed out in shame. But can you imagine in the, in the heyday of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, right, being like, hey, you know what, Peyton, you're not going to play in the league anymore. And, like, that's Kobayashi who was pushed aside for all of this. We like, only got insanity. a couple of years of this rivalry, right? Yep. And I think one of the years uh, Chestnut had a happened. jaw injury or something. There was a, someone had a jaw injury. I think I think he did. Uh, Chestnut did. Yeah, it's weird. My my ex girlfriend never went to a doctor. She always said she had a jaw injury. Really affected things. I'm laughing at this hot dog eating contest. This woman looks like she's brushing her teeth with the hot dog. <laughs> the way she's doing it, she's like trying to jam it in there. Uh, another tab open. Uh, I googled the word precautionary because that's why the uh, Shane McClanahan was pulled two starts ago mm-hmm. and then was then pulled from another game and hit the IL. The definition of precautionary, intended to prevent something unpleasant or dangerous from happening. I would say that is not what occurred with Shane McClanahan. No, it did not. Uh, let's see some other uh, Taylor Swift songs. Okay. See if we know them. Love Story, absolute banger. I know that one. I don't know Romeo, that. take me okay, so yep, yep, we yep. Can be uh, And then I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know the names of these songs, but I bet if I heard them, I would. Willow. All too well, anti-hero, me. I know that one. Blank I know that one. Spa- I know blank I know that one. The man you belong with me. I know that you, one. I know. I know you belong with yeah, me. Yeah. Okay. That's an old one, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Wow. She's been around she's, longer she than has, I thought. Man. She's thirty-three. I didn't think she was that old. Dude, can, can we open a tab? What her net worth's got to be insane. Well, these. What's your What's your wrong. guess? Yeah, but what's your guess? I'm never good at this. I'm gonna say, do I go billion? Not quite, but probably after this tour getting close. I was going to say. Am I close? Six, I got to be close, I was gonna right? I going to say six to eight. According to insider.com, which sounds legit. Yeah, right. <laughs> $740 million. Dang. I, know, I said six yep. to eight. I was right. Here's the problem. If she falls in love, the empire crumbles. Why? That's why. Well, because it's. Well, one, It'll all of her, her songs album. are like based no. off of. She needs heartbreak. She yes. needs to get absolutely decimated. She's a celebrity. There's a 99% chance it's going to no, end in heartbreak. If hey. she ever finds true love, the career dies. Dustin, you've already broken one heart on this show. <laughs> What's one more? Let's go, Taylor. <laughs> Our guy's open for business. Look at me. We would be perfect together. I'll do whatever you do want. Do you have any songs you could write about how much better you were than him, but you gave him a chance? <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was in a different league. He wasn't even in the same stratosphere. He wasn't and even he in the same broke. solar system. And he was I'm so ungrateful. Yes. I, I will say there are a lot of girls who do have a, a uh, what's it called, origin story yeah. about them finding love after me where they were like, the guy I dated before you was a POS, like not a good person, like ate like an animal, gambled on sports all the time, never wanted to do things, but I still gave him a chance and he broke my heart and then found their true love after me. That's right. See, there you go. You're shaping lives. I, I am definitely a good luck Chuck because I know oh. three people that got engaged after me. I got a lot of them. I, if, if you notice, there's a correlation between my last Twitter DMs with them and them finding love. Wow. So good for good for the, the other woman who we were just talking about a couple of months ago. Well, yeah, no, yeah. I don't want to mention her because yeah. that, that went rough that day when we mentioned well, her. Well, she's air. listening again. I mean, just know good things are coming. Well, she can't contact me because her number's been blocked. 
Oh, okay. Did she do that to you first, though? No, I did it. I, oh, that I, wasn't one of those like you can't fire me. I quit. And she like she said, this is. I know how this goes. She said this will be the. She goes, this is the last message you will ever get from me. Yeah. And I know how that that's never the last message. Like usually after they send that, there's more. So I was like, I'm gonna make sure that we don't. Communicate like 2 a.m. on a Wednesday, you're like, I can't believe. Like, I have to drive and walk by where she lives all the time. I'm terrified of seeing her. Just throw eggs at you or something. So she might hit me with her car. <laughs> That's a good. Well, that's a, I don't know if it was that serious. Yeah. Now you have a lot of confidence in yourself. Well, I, I mean, look, when we <laughs> broke up, I was pretty confident of how I felt. She was not confident about how I felt. Would she throw a? Is this too early of a segue? Would she throw a McChicken at you? Um, one of the better value menu items that is out there. She wouldn't waste something that cost more. Oh, okay. So we can get into that now. My top ten is. And that's later on the list. You have privy to the full list there. So oh, sorry, right. sorry. I didn't mean that. Sorry. See, this is no, what you happens. Didn't, you you didn't give it in. away. You didn't give it away. Didn't, we're fine. Nah, we're you fine. Fill it's in. later. You, I didn't give a number. Everyone knows it's coming. We're doing my top 10 fast food value. You look good in that items. picture. I'm on Ozempic in that picture. Mm. Uh, or Manjaro. I got to get in on this thing. Oh, I'm, I'm going to a doctor. I need it. Just something to make me stop shoving stuff in my face. Anyway, what I noticed in compiling this list of fast food menu items is or value menu items is a lot of these places, there is no more value. Like, what, 10 years ago, I, in college, I lived on McDonald's dollar menu. That's how you get a physique like this. Yes. You can't get things on that menu for, like, less than 250 sometimes now. Yep. So, we had to amend the list. Started yesterday, Jack in the Box at 10. It's a, a dollar for two tacos. Still strong. Tacos are horrible. But for a dollar, that's a great deal. The Wendy's Junior Frosty, it's like a buck, or, buck and change. Good value. Uh, this one's under $2. McDonald's egg biscuit. I think McDonald's has awesome eggs, even though they're microwaved, and awesome biscuits. And it's like $1.89. Great value menu item. In fact, I ate one this morning. And then number seven, Taco Bell, the cheesy roll-up. It's basically a quesadilla smushed together, but it's fantastic. I love smushed together quesadillas. Can I also say, it depends on what egg you get. It's microwaved. Because if it's like a part of the platter, they actually cook it on the flat top. And you get like real egg. So, I mean, they're all real eggs, but one of them is microwaved and the other's not. How about that, huh? That's a good tidbit. Saw that on TikTok. That's the pro tip for the day. No, you can check that out. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. See, this is why, again, I'm filling in. I'm just, I'm all over the place. I apologize. I forgot that you do this throughout the week. Everyone knows the McChicken's going to be on the list. Everyone knows. It's just a matter of where it falls. Surprise for you? Not offered out here in Las Vegas. Only spicy McChicken. Yep, only spicy. It's a weird move. Thinking of, speaking of spicy, this show, this is a great one. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. See you. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.